and welcome to the With Flow podcast, a weekly show for purpose-driven, high achievers who are ready to ditch the hustle. I'm your host, Laura, from Business With Flow, cyclical business mentor and systems and planning queen. My mission is to empower you to run your business and your launches without the burnout. In this podcast, we'll be chatting all things cycle syncing, intuition, and doing business your way combined with some of the more practical aspects like systems and planning and tech. So let's jump into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the With Flow podcast. Today I'm sharing with you another great guest interview and it is our first repeat guest on the podcast. This week I am chatting with my friend and podcasting mentor Alan from Perk Digital. Alan first appeared on the show back in episode 25, which was released in September of 2021. In that episode, we talked all about the podcasting boom that was happening over COVID while everyone was stuck in their houses and what it means to be a podcaster and getting up and running with a podcast. In this episode, we're exploring what might have changed in the 18 months since that episode came out. What's going on in the world of podcasting? how you can be a great podcast guest if you don't want to start your own podcast. For podcast owners who have established podcasts, we explore ways that you can maximize the impact that that content has. And Ellen also kindly shares some of her insight and learnings as she's transitioned into becoming a mum and what that's meant for how she runs her business and creates podcasting content. It's a really great interview and I'm really excited to share it with you. So let's jump in. Hi, Ellen. Welcome back to the podcast. It's good to have you here again. Thank you, Laura. I'm really pleased to be back. So for people listening in, you may remember that Ellen joined us back on episode 25, September 2021. She was first on the podcast talking all about podcasting. So today's episode is really going to be a a part two or a continuance of that same conversation. So if you haven't listened to that one or it's been a while, Go back and listen to that one first. So it has been 18 months since that, that conversation. Back then, you know, with lockdowns and COVID and all of the things that were going on, we really saw this massive explosion, right? Like everyone, it felt like, yeah. started a podcast back then. I'm wondering if you've noticed anything like shift or change or what are some of the trends that you're seeing now compared to, you know, 18 months, two years ago? Yeah, definitely. There was a huge boom in lockdown. And I said in that other episode, because I just went back and listened to it today, I said that at the time, you know, I think the podcast industry had been maturing for the previous few years and it was perfectly primed then for when all those lockdowns and everything happened and everyone and their dog decided to start a podcast. It was, you know, the podcasting space was, I guess, in a place to be perfectly ready for that boom. But then, of course, what happened was lots and lots and lots of people didn't continue those podcasts. And that's a phenomenon called pod fade, which is where people stop podcasting unintentionally, basically. It's not the same as if you are releasing a short series, you know, like it was only ever going to be an eight-episode series, or, you know, investigative journalism, true crime, something, something. <laughs> like if you're deliberately only doing eight episodes, then that's fine. That's not the same thing as pod fade, which is usually where people 
maybe haven't been really aware of what was involved in podcasting and they start, it gets hard, then they stop or they're disorganized and they, you know, start to get sporadic and then just eventually fall off them. Um, And so the reason we were talking last time in episode 25 is because that's a really big milestone because even sort of pre-pandemic, lots of podcasts don't make it anywhere near episode 25. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, you know, with the pandemic, there was a lot of people who started podcasts and then just did not continue either when life went, quote unquote, back to normal and they weren't sort of locked in there. (laughs) <laughs> in their house for months on end <laughs> or just you know when they realize oh this is there's more involved in this than I thought or it's taking it's more time consuming than I thought and I'm not going to continue um and like I have pod faded myself as a podcast professional uh, I have a podcast that I tried to start at the beginning of 2021 it's called Digital Homebody it's still on my list of I'm going to come back to this I released the trailer I had four episodes recorded I was like just about to hit publish on those episodes to kind of do a proper launch and then, you know, get going. Um, and I got pregnant and I had a very, very challenging pregnancy and I decided I'm going to try and start that right now. And so I've podcast—I've podfaded myself as a podcast professional with a team who helps support me and does some of the time consuming bits. So like I totally get why it happens to people. Post all of that, like post the pandemic and I mean, we're not post the pandemic, but you know, I think everybody has got some level of normality back in their lives now. After that kind of boom of podcasting that happened in those early phases of the pandemic and lots of people pod fading and stopping podcasting, there have been some trends. One of them that I'm seeing is that a lot of people who are maybe what we would call like veteran podcasters, like very experienced, maybe they've been podcasting for several years or many years, a lot of people I'm seeing starting to either change their podcast, like sort of rebrand or quite dramatically shift their focus or uh, to actually shut down their podcast altogether, like to deliberately, it's, it's, I wouldn't call it pod fade if you're deliberately saying this is the last episode ever um, and to actually, yeah, make a shift and whether that's a shift in their life or their business or, you know, changing whatever their topic of expertise is or they're taking just a total break and going to do something else with their life. Um, I'm seeing that as a bit of a trend. Other big trends from a kind of podcast industry perspective, I suppose, is the fact that video podcasts are really huge now. Like everybody talks about if you're going to start a podcast, are you doing a video podcast? It seems to be, and I'm a bit sad about it because I'm a bit of an audio purist, but it seems to be that that audio-only podcast idea has been overtaken a little bit with the, I, I don't want to call it the TikTok effect because it's, the, you know, these video podcasts are not happening on TikTok, although a lot of the promotion for them is, but very much people putting the videos of their podcasts on YouTube. Um, and then that can often add a whole nother layer of work to the, you know, like to the job of putting a podcast together, which makes it even more time consuming to put together if you're doing it yourself or more expensive if you're outsourcing it. And I just want people to know that you don't have to do that. You can, like, you can still just do a podcast that's audio only. Yay. We're all about, you know, doing things efficiently and effectively. Yeah. And, yeah. and also I think you're more likely to pod fade or burn out if you're making it harder for yourself than it yeah. needs to be. Like, like it's I'm... one thing to edit an audio file, but to also mm. then have to edit a video as well. Like that adds a so and much more complexity. Layer. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, I must admit, I cheat a little bit. So it's cheating. I'm smart. 
So I use Descript to edit my podcasts and you can basically duplicate it and then add like a static image or something and create a video. So Mm -hmm. that's how I put my podcast on um, YouTube. I don't do it because I think people are going to watch them on YouTube. It's more for the SEO and the searchability. And then in the description, I put, here's the link to come and listen on Spotify or Apple or all of those things. So it really is just a search thing, but it only takes me, you know, an extra three or four minutes to create that. Yeah. Um, the thought of, yeah, having to edit a video as well. Yeah. And it's not I something that appeals. A, it's a whole different strategy because apparently YouTube is one of the biggest podcasting places that people wow. listen. I say listen in inverted commas to podcasts now, mm. but they're actually watching interviews, but you know, like talking heads and whatever, actual videos of things. And I find that really interesting because, for one, those YouTube downloads or listens or however you're recording them are not getting rep- recorded in your podcast hosting platform. So it's a whole different set of stats. But also YouTube is a totally different beast. So you're, if you are trying to do a video podcast, there's a whole separate strategy as to how to grow it, like in terms of if you want to grow your YouTube channel and your podcast on YouTube. It's a whole separate strategy. And I personally think it's actually a completely different audience that's is that is listening to podcasts on YouTube mm. than the people that are listening to audio only. I, I just really I haven't seen research on this, but I am pretty confident based on what I understand about podcast listener behavior and also YouTube watcher behavior. I think it would be a completely separate de- audience demographic with not a lot of crossover. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, but yes, you're right. Like if you don't have the time and the energy or the resources to outsource the extra work that comes with deploying a whole separate YouTube strategy, then it's nice to know we have permission not to pursue that as well. Exactly right. And like I really, when I'm talking to people who are thinking about starting a podcast, I really try and impress upon them the importance of starting what I call a minimum viable podcast because really that that's what you should be focusing on. I think if you start out the gate trying to do all the things, you're going to get overwhelmed much more quickly and more likely to stop. Whereas if you can start doing just the bare minimum, the minimum viable podcast, what what's the bare minimum that you need to have a podcast? You need to have audio available for people to listen to on a podcast app. That's it. You don't have to do a TikTok strategy and, you know, your Instagram reels and like all these other bits and pieces like you don't have to have all those other things and so if you can just start and focus on those the bare minimum the minimum viable options and then build as you go that's what I always say absolutely the same thing I preach about everything yeah exactly (laughs) like get one thing working have that process in place know how to do it working like a well-oiled machine, then Mm -hmm. add on some extra things or look at the next thing. Um, Because if you try, as you were saying, try and do all of the things all at once, it's overwhelming and it takes a lot of energy and you're just like, oh, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. And you just give up. So Exactly. Exactly right. The other trend that I have seen um, and that I love personally as a, as a, like I'm a podcast super listener. I, I, I listen to podcasts obviously for my job, but I've been in, in love with the audio medium for many, 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 many years. Um, and what I love as this new trend is the uh, the private podcast phenomena, which is where people are putting, it's often the case that people are using 
a private podcast as a duplication of the content from their courses or membership, you know, that they're offering to their students and their clients and and allowing people to listen to that content through a podcast app, but it's not publicly available. I can listen to the, the podcast version of this course on my Apple podcast app but it's not available. Like I can't search it in Apple Podcasts, yeah. the search engine part of it, and it doesn't come up because it's not publicly available. I've got a special link to access it, and I, you know, I, I've created some of these for my, for my own courses. And the other way people are doing this is as a lead magnet. Mm. So coming soon, I've got one uh, all about podcast monetization. But um, yeah, as a lead magnet for people to basically opt into a, a deliberately short podcast series, like a, again, one of those deliberately mini series mm. options rather than a every week forever kind of a podcast and so people are using that now as almost the alternative to a webinar or alternative to some other kind of lead magnet you know the free checklist um or that kind yeah. of thing that can actually opt into this audio private podcast series which is great yeah it's awesome i have done that for one of my programs on cycle aligned business i created the private feed for that. And I had a little play also with doing a lead magnet, like a limited mm. series one. I've closed that down now because I've yep. in, closed off that funnel. But yeah, it was really interesting. And the thing that I love about that is, you know, when it comes to webinars and things like that, we're all busy. Some of us, yeah. you're a mum, you know, like we've got things going on. When it's video content, you have to be sat at your desk to consume it. When it's audio, you can chuck it on in the car when you're going for a walk. I love to listen to podcasts while I'm doing my housework and cooking dinner and things like that. It just makes the content so much more accessible for people rather than them having to be sat at their desk on their laptop, you know, working through the videos and stuff. So exactly, I'm really excited about it too. Yeah. And it really, I mean, not everybody loves it because not everybody is an audio person. Not everybody likes Mm. podcasts. That's fine. And it obviously doesn't work for something that you actually need the video to explain, you know, some kind of visual content that's actually important for the explanation but um it does you know the the information that i've seen about it does demonstrate that it is increasing people's like completion rates of courses and that kind of thing because otherwise as you say it just sits on people's hard drives or you know they don't have time to sit down and watch the video so they don't progress through the course um which is such a shame Um, so yeah i love it as a as a user myself but also i think it's fantastic for accessibility for for Free and paid resources, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And most, I say most, I'm not the expert. You can answer this question. I know my podcast hosting platform, Bcast, you have the option to have public and private feeds. I'm assuming other podcast platforms, that's a fairly standard thing these days as well. Yep, absolutely. And there are some that are particular to, um, like Hello Audio is the one that kind of specializes in um, private podcast first they they can you can have public podcasts through them but they're a they're a private podcast first platform mm-hmm. and then depending on what what podcast host you've got some of the other podcast hosting platforms do offer it sometimes it's on a higher tier you know of your your plan subscription plan that you might be on and then the free as far as I know free podcasting platforms generally don't allow you to do like you need to be using a paid one um, usually for that to be an option, the free podcast hosting platforms, I don't think include it mm. yet. They might one day. Cool. So we mentioned there, obviously, that you're a mama. Um, mm. When we recorded our last episode back in 2021, you were about to go on maternity leave. Yeah, and... I think I was eight months pregnant. Yeah. 
So Little Wee Lincoln has been around for a while. I'd love to know, like, what are the things that you've maybe learned or the challenges that you've found mm-hmm. in the transition to not only podcasting or creating courses, but just being a business owner in general mm-hmm. as a mum, because that's a mm-hmm. huge transition in huge life transition. as well as in business. Mm. Well, the first thing is I've discovered a whole new bunch of podcasts that I can <laughs> listen to myself that are fantastic that, um, you know, I, I feel like podcasts were always a great option for me as a listener, but now as a mum, like, I can't always be sitting at the computer, but I can still be listening to something if I'm supervising playtime or whatever. So just as a podcast listener myself, that's been awesome. And I've found a whole new niche of podcasts to listen to and been binging my way through lots of them. I love it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But as a business owner, it has been so challenging and really um, in some unexpected ways. So when I left my teaching job back in 2017, Part of the thinking around that was the fact that, you know, we knew that we wanted to have a family one day. And despite some of the, you know, tropes around around teaching being just nine to three and you get all these holidays, it's actually not a very family friendly career because, you know, teachers actually do a lot of work outside the classroom, um, you know, a lot of admin and paperwork and that sort of thing. And so we kind of knew that was part of my thinking was if I made the change then and was working for myself and I worked from home, you know, with an online business, it's all very flexible. I'm in control of my schedule. I'm, you know, not really having to show up places except for the occasional client meeting in town, but lots of my clients are not in my town. So I can do Zooms and all of that. And it, you know, and there is a bit of a, a niche again of, of people praising this idea or selling this idea of, of work for yourself as a stay-at-home mum. It'll be so easy. And like, I cannot imagine how challenging it is for people who are not already set up in business to do it because I had two businesses completely like well-established and it has been so hard and there's been some precipitating factors for that. You know, we have had like an absolutely astronomical amount of daycare germs. So that, and like everybody says, oh yeah, you get a lot, but like it's, (laughs) It's been more than even the doctor has been like, you've had a really bad run, more than most people. So, you know, there's been things, some things like that that are just bad luck, I guess. But so the the thing that I'm finding most difficult just from a like keeping up with my client work perspective is that every time, of course, the baby is sick, can't go to daycare, I've got to rearrange things and my work is very flexible. But then that means that I'm also often working now weekends and night times and nap times and trying to squeeze in pockets of work around has been really challenging. And then, of course, the, the creating of my own content has <laughs> basically not happened at all. Like I really had planned to do another season of the Teacher Wellbeing podcast before now. I'm only now, and he's nearly 18 months old, getting into actually thinking about season 10. So just I pre-recorded the whole of season nine before I went off on maternity leave, which was extremely clever and pre-scheduled everything. And I... <laughs> pre-scheduled my emails for, you know, 16 weeks or something. Like I was super organized and that was fantastic. And then once all of that pre-scheduling ran out, crickets, nothing. I haven't been able to do it. And like I have a team, like this is what we do for people. You know, we edit and produce and manage other people's podcasts and, and my team does my own as well. 
but I haven't been able to record. You know, it's just been a really interesting lesson for me. And that lesson I had with having started a second podcast as a seasoned podcaster already and podfading, again, due to kind of external circumstances, it's just been a really interesting lesson to me. One, in not believing the hype and the promises of the online business dream again. You know, we I think yeah. a lot of us are pretty savvy to that these days, but it's still been a lot harder than I expected. And then, yeah, just that idea that, okay, I do have all this flexibility, but it's still up to me to put boundaries in place. And I actually don't want to be working all weekend and through every nap time and, you know, all of that, just trying to squeeze things in the margins of, you know, around my my parenting life, I suppose. And so we're just sort of in the process of redesigning all of that. Like what actually is life going to look like now? Because all of the plans that I made before this little person came along just haven't really gone to plan. So <laughs> the good thing is that I do work for myself and I can rearrange and mm. I can redesign how that looks. I do have the privilege of my work being something I I can do from home. I don't have to leave the office. I don't have to, you know, be answering to some boss, but it's been really hard. <laughs> and yeah. of course, it's then all of those pressures when you work for yourself as well. Like it's not guaranteed. You don't get sick leave. You don't get anything like that when when you are sick or you're caring for someone who's sick and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's been a real roller coaster and a real insight into, I guess, just a deepening of that understanding that like, Life doesn't go to plan. And that different se- in different seasons of life, when we have different pressures, it's, it's actually unrealistic and unreasonable to expect that we could be doing some of these extra things that are wonderful and lovely. But, like, you know, I'm pretty passionate about talking about the fact that I have, like, a, a podcast editor who, who does my editing for me. I started doing it all myself. But, you know, I've got a team now and I'm passionate about, being transparent about that because I do also know that there are so many people trying to DIY things on their own, comparing themselves to celebrity entrepreneurs who have like a massive team, like sometimes 10 people, 20 people, and they're not transparent about the fact that they're not doing much of the process at all. And I think if you're a, a carer, you don't have to be a parent, but I think if you're in any, doing any kind of caring role, or if you have any kind of health challenge or just extra thing going on in your life to give yourself a lot of grace because it's like creating online content is actually a job like it's actually a whole a thing that some people do as their full-time job to create for other people so if you're trying to do it all yourself and juggle all those other roles like it's hard and if you're managing it great and if you're not don't beat yourself up because you are not alone Thank you so much for sharing that and for being so open about it because you're right, the, you know, having your own business and working for yourself and mm. it is so over glamorized. And yes, people yeah. are starting to wake up and see that what we were promised, you know, five, six, eight years ago when everything kind of took off isn't the reality for most people. I think it's really important that we acknowledge that and have open conversations about it Mm. so thank you for being vulnerable and you're right you know maybe it's having children maybe it's having health issues maybe it's Mm. have just other things that are going on in your life that are distracting you from the things that you planned to do like it's okay to 
change the plan. Absolutely. And I heard a really great quote the other day. Somebody said, and I, I wish I could remember where I heard it because I would love to credit them, but I don't remember where it was. I think it was on TikTok somewhere. But it was like, we work in PR, not ER. Yes. It, you know, it was that idea that like, you know, what we do is not life and death. Like it's, it's, and I've, I've said this to my team, you know, like, okay, obviously we want to make sure we're trying to hit our client deadlines and we don't want to be making mistakes on audio files. But like, if we do, not the end of the world, we can just re-upload a new audio file, fix the mistake and re-upload a new audio file. And that's fine. Like we can fix it. Nobody's, nobody's life is in danger. Nobody's being injured. You know, like everything is actually not that high stakes. Of course it's important and we, we strive to do a good job and, and produce quality work, but actually it's okay. We can take a chill pill. We don't have to, uh, you know, panic because nobody's in danger. We're all safe. We have this absolute privilege. And I know that it's not available to everybody, but the privilege of, of doing work online and creating content to, you know, share our message. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not this glamorized perfect world. It comes with its own set of challenges, but like, it's okay if we stuff it up or if it doesn't go to plan or if we have to change the plan, it's all fine. Yes. We can do that. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. So if we switch back to talking about podcasting now, you know, in the, the first episode that we did, we talked a lot about if you want to start a podcast, you mm. know, what do you need to get to get started? And you've already talked about, you know, minimum viable podcast. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Try and get those words out. So for people who might be listening who have, you know, gone through the beginning stages, have maybe, you know, reached that 25 episode milestone or, you know, they're on their journey to podcasting. What are some of your tips or ideas that people can really in, like increase their reach or better leverage the content that they're already mm. creating yeah. and maximize what they can do with that piece of content? Yeah. Well, the first thing that I would suggest is not necessarily to spread yourself too thin by doing, you know, chopping up your podcast onto 20 different reels and TikToks and like, much, you know, trying to repurpose everything to the nth degree. You can absolutely do that if you want, but you don't have to because that is something that can pretty quickly take up a lot of your time and not necessarily get the results that you might be looking for. So the first thing that I would suggest is to get really clear on your goal and like think about what what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to get your podcast to grow in terms of followers and subscribers and, and grow your audience? Are you trying to perhaps convert more of your audience into email, you know, list subscribers or into customers and clients? So make sure you're really clear on your goal because that will then depend what strategy you want to use. And so obviously there's a million different ways to approach that. But one of the things that that I like to suggest people to think about is that especially if you've got a lot of content behind you, you can actually start to repurpose that content onto your feed again in a new way. And it doesn't mean that you just literally put the same piece of audio up, although you can, you know, like people often do like a summer series where they kind of replay their best episodes from the year, but you can actually go and update you know, episode that maybe you did back in the early days on one of your signature topics, your main pieces of content that you, you know, teach. 
you can actually reteach it. So you're re-recording something. It's it's a fresh recording and maybe adding some updates for, you know, again, what's changed in the last couple of years, especially if some of those episodes were pre-pandemic. <laughs> and so actually not feeling like you have to create something new all the time and every single episode. So that's something that I really recommend because chances are you are actually sitting on, you know, a wellspring of great content there. And you might be sitting here going, well, gosh, what am I going to put out next week or next month? I've got to come up with a brand new topic. And it's like, actually, no, just go back and revisit, re-listen to some of your earlier episodes if you can, maybe get somebody else to listen to it (laughs) or like pop it into an AI transcript machine or whatever, because I know sometimes it's uncomfortable to listen to your own voice. But yeah, it would be to really revisit some of that, that like what you would consider maybe your best content, whether or not the audio was the best in that episode, but like your best topics, your best pieces of information. And the other thing you should really be looking at is in your stats, what, you know, what is the most listened to episode or downloaded episode? And again, how can you do another spin on that? Because clearly that's resonating. So whether you're, you know, trying to grow your podcast audience or you're trying to get more conversions, that might change a little bit the approach that you take, but reusing some of those topics from earlier, you know, and before. And the other thing you can do is to actually think about some of your podcast episodes as audio sales pages. And so this is particularly if you are trying to convert more of your listenership, you know, to your email list or your courses or your memberships or your services to actually really think about, well, what what's the kind of information that I put on a sales page for this product or service? Am I actually including that in in my you know podcast episodes? So that's another thing that you can do. And also the other thing that I would recommend is interviewing clients. Mm. Even if you don't normally interview people, interview, you know, your clients as it's like a testimonial yeah. um, and, and on their journey and, how, and obviously you're, you're making it about them and their journey, but you're able to obviously demonstrate as well that this is the, some of the results that you might get if you work with me and that kind of thing. So I hope those are some good tips that people can yeah. take with them. It's interesting that you talk about particularly that thinking of an episode as an audio sales page Mm. that had never occurred to me before. But now that you say it, it it feels like it's quite obvious. But yeah, like look at your sales page. What are the things you're talking about there and how can you turn that into content? And I I wouldn't necessarily recommend just reading your sales Mm, page. It's it's going to be be quite dull. (laughs) Yeah, it's not necessarily going to translate. But to Mm. think about the kinds of things that you put on a sales page like this is for you if, or this is, you know, not for you. If those mm. kinds of sort of sections that you would put on a sales page, how can you incorporate more of that yeah. into your content? Because I know so many people, and I've made this mistake myself as well, we do a really fantastic piece of content and we're sort of teaching something, but we're not actually then giving a strong call to action at the end of like, here's the next step, come and work with me or come and join my program or whatever. Yeah. Yes, that's something that I really had to learn as well as making it really clear that, hey, I've talked about this thing. And if you want my help, here's how I can help you. Uh, And I think some of that might stem from the fact that for a lot of women, we're not always great at kind of the the sales pitch type thing. And we kind of just hope if we talk about something, someone will start poking around on our 
like doing something like that. But we, you know, we do have to make it obvious that, hey, I've just talked about this thing. This is what I do for clients. You know, mm. if you want to work with me, here's the next step. So I think that's really, really great advice. So the last thing that I wanted to chat to you about, because goodness, we've already been <laughs> chatting for 30 minutes now. Time really does fly. For people who don't necessarily have the time or the enthusiasm or motivation to start their own podcast. We say being a guest on other people's podcasts is a great option. And as a podcast host, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, having guests on is great because it means it's something that you don't have to come up with, you know, all of the content for. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, why people might like to be a guest on podcasts? What are some tips for being a good guest on a podcast? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing I would say is you can do both. If you like, like I'm doing both right mm. now, like I am being a guest on your podcast, but I also host my own podcast in a, on a completely different topic. So you, you can do both and guessing on other people's podcasts is a great way to grow the audience of your podcast if that's one of your goals. So if you haven't started a podcast yet or you love the idea of, you know, creating podcast content, but you just have no inclination to start your own podcast, then guesting is a fantastic, fantastic op- option, especially because you get to be kind of spotlighted and highlighted as the guest, but then you don't have the ongoing work of maintaining that content. So especially if you're like in a season of life like I am where I don't necessarily have that ability to commit long-term to podcasting at the moment, but I can do a one-off guest spot, even though I did have to reschedule this once because (laughs) my son was sick and I'm from daycare Um, again, Uh, but we made it happen eventually. So I know that you will have experienced this too. Like Podcast hosts get a huge number of really terrible cold pitches and there are some companies out there who they've got beautiful sales pages and they say that they'll guarantee you, you know, 100 pitches because there are people that, that their job is to pitch other people for podcasts. It's a kind of PR. And, you know, this is something that my team and I do as well, but there are some really I would say cheap and nasty options out there that they might guarantee you a hundred pitches but they're not good pitches they're really terrible you know like as a podcast host I've received so many pitches where they don't even necessarily get my name right like it's literally a copy and paste job that they've not spent any time on Mm, and it's clear they've never listened to your podcast yeah but they'll say I I left you a five-star review I'm like cool that doesn't really ingratiate me with you you with me because you still didn't get my name right and you're pitching me for something that's absolutely irrelevant like (laughs) this is not helpful to your potential a person that you're trying to represent um because I'm not a good fit for them so yeah if you want to though it's a great opportunity to stand out because it doesn't take a lot do a bit of research on that podcast and get the host's name right, get the name of the show right, make sure that you're actually relevant to what they do. <laughs> like one that happens to me a lot is because my show is called Teacher Wellbeing and it's it's for teachers. I get a lot of pitches for things that just like educational companies think might be relevant because it's for teachers. I'm like, yeah, it's for teachers about their well-being. It's not about their work. That's the whole point is we're not we're we're, we're talking about them as a person, not as a not as a teacher. So you know, it's clear they haven't listened to any episode. So listen to a few episodes, decide if you like the 
the vibe of the show and and kind of figure out am I genuinely a good fit for this podcast and then send a tailored pitch because you will stand out in the inbox especially because most podcast hosts get just a huge amount of terrible pitches yeah the number of dude bro marketers I've had and you're right they were coming through someone a, a pitching agent not directly from them, but I'm just like, how could you think that this person is relevant for this podcast? And like, I've had some where I actually spent some time, I don't do this so much anymore, but I, there was a couple that I can think of that I actually spent some time replying because I was like, this person could potentially have been a good guest if you had just tailored the pitch to what I actually cover on my show, Mm -hmm. but you've just sent me your copied and pasted thing. And, you know, in some cases that has resulted in a guest interview, but most of the time it's me saying, look, no, it's a no from me, but also it could have been a yes if you'd made, like to to the podcast pitching agent, it could have been a yes if you'd made a bit more of an effort. I, I generally don't hear back and I don't, <laughs> I don't usually take the time these days to, to do that education piece, but I have particularly when i felt like oh this person is not representing the the potential guest very well but they seem like a really cool guest <laughs> not a dude bro marketer yes uh yes the joys of hosting a podcast mm. hey now mm. i know that you do have a checklist that people can download yeah. if they want to uh be a good podcast guest so we'll make sure yeah. that we link that up in the show notes so that people can go and sign up for that if that is a strategy that they are pursuing. And yes, please, if you're going to pitch to a podcast, make it tailored. And as Ellen said, at least listen to a couple of episodes before you send them a cold email. Goes a long way. It really does. So do you have any last words of wisdom that you wanted to share? I think mainly just that if you are interested in using podcasts as part of your business or career, there's no one size fits all. And whatever strategy you might have been doing before, whether you've been, you know, hosting a show for a long time and you want to change it up, or whether you've never got behind the mic before, but you want to give it a go, you can find a way to do it that suits you. And also it might not be right for you in this particular season of life, which is where I'm finding myself at the moment. But I'm hopeful to get back to that digital homebody podcast later in the year the trailer is still in available in your podcast apps if you want to go and follow it but there's nothing else to listen to yet and so to just you know I think to just recognize there's no one size fits all and you can make it work for you there's kind of no rules so you can do it the way that suits you and can be sustainable for you and which I know is very much in in line with you know all the other business strategies that you teach yeah absolutely and you know, I think one of the assumptions that I had when I thought about having a podcast before I obviously came and did some work with you was thinking that, oh my God, like I have to one, do all of the things, but also that you have to do it every single week. And of course, yeah. you know, when we started talking through things and you were explaining, well, actually it could be a seasonal thing where you might have a season where it's 10 episodes and then you have a break and then you do another yeah. season, you know, so it doesn't have to be a Although, you know, I obviously do um, a weekly one. It doesn't have to be that. It could be fortnightly. It could be monthly. It could be, you know, as you said, you can create the rules. So, And you can change it too. As long as you let your listeners know what's happening. Like, hey, we're changing from weekly to fortnightly. 
or we're just we're just going to take a month off because we're real tired. We'll be back in a month. That's fine. As long as you let people know what's happening, you can change it up too. Absolutely. One of the quotes that I love, and again, I wish I could remember who said this because I saw it on Instagram and I'd love to reference them, but I can't. It was, you know, I reserve the right to change my mind about anything at any time. Yes, and, exactly. you know, I, I really do believe that you know, it's our business and we get to create the rules. So if it's mm-hmm. not working for you, you have permission to, to make a different decision. So. 100%. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for being here. As usual, we could literally talk with. If people wanted to come and find out, you know, a little bit more about starting a podcast or maybe getting some support with their podcast or hang out with you online, where is the best place for people to come and find you? Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, Instagram is probably the place that I hang out the most, which is, again, not been super frequent in the the last year or so, but perk.digital is my handle there. And also I've got a bunch of resources, um, trainings uh, for whether you're starting a podcast or you want to just want to learn how to edit with Descript or if you want to do podcast guesting, podcast pitching, um, I've got some trainings and Laura will link all of those in the show notes. And as you said, there is also that podcast guesting checklist, which you can go to perkdigital.com.au forward slash Laura and download that for free. Awesome. Well, thank you. And look, I, I I sing your praises all of the time, but I do just want to say to anyone listening that if you are thinking about starting a podcast or you've got a podcast and you just need some help with it, please reach out to Ellen. There's no way I ever would have even started this podcast if it wasn't uh, for your help. And we are almost rounding out 100 episodes now, if you can believe it. So incredible blows my mind it's crazy so yes reach out to Ellen if you know podcasting is something that you are looking to pursue well thank you so much for being here as always value-packed conversation that we managed to cram into almost 45 minutes thank you and uh, we'll catch you next time thanks so much Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode I hope that you enjoyed learning all about podcasting from Ellen If you want to find any of Ellen's links, you'll find them in the show notes for this episode. And if you are interested in podcasting, whether that's being a guest or starting your own podcast, I definitely recommend checking out Ellen's content. Thank you so much. Until next week, bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the With Flow podcast. If you got value from this episode, I would be so grateful if you could share it with your friends or leave a rating and review in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for helping me spread the word. See you on the next episode.